1: Welcome to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time Podcast. I'm your co-host, Andy Hart, and with me, as always,
2: is your co-host, Art Stone. Hey, crackle-doodle-doo, Andy. Fuck you, dude. Hey, and fuck (laughs) you too, Art.
1: Uh, Thanks for joining me here. Yeah, in case you Bunkers can't see this, right now, Art is... Is dealing cards like a blackjack dealer in Las Vegas? Either that, or those—he's got a stack of dollar bills that yeah. he's spraying all over
2: me. Uh-huh. I'm making it. I'm making it rain on you,
1: Andy. So, Bunk Fungers, Art's making it rain, and that's very apropos for today's episode because today we're talking about a type of rain. Sure, I guess Art, it is. Yeah, Art. I don't even know if you knew that you made such a good segue. Now I know the name. You know the name, but I don't know anything else about it. Yeah. Well, the name of today's topic could be construed a lot of different ways. You could say, okay, it it has to do with rain. You could say, okay, Okay. maybe this is some sort of a a bathhouse situation. Okay, maybe this is some sort of uh, uh, animal carcass processing facility. Because today, (laughs) what we're talking about is the
2: Kentucky meat shower. Wow. There's three things to describe Kentucky. It's those three things.
1: Yeah. Kentucky, number one. (laughs) That's probably the biggest way you could describe Kentucky is by saying the name, the noun, Kentucky. (laughs) Number two, meat. (laughs) And number three, shower.
2: The three things
1: that describe Kentucky. The most Kentucky completely. meat. What category
2: is this even in, Andy?
1: I would describe this as paranormal, bizarre. Maybe, oh. maybe not so much paranormal, but I guess paranormal, right? It's not normal for it to
2: rain meat. It isn't, but that's what happened. <laughs> so, so this is like if cloudy with the chance of meatballs <laughs> happened in Kentucky. Right. Exactly.
1: A lot of lot of uh, you could draw a lot of connections. From this event to Cloudy with a Chance of Meatballs. So, Bunkfuckers, if you can't wait to get wet. Oh, God. You know, a shower of meat. Oh, Jesus. All you got to do is touch your podcast app oh. just the right way and slide that timing dial dial to the timestamp indicated in the show notes where you can jump ahead to all that <laughs> chunky meat action. Oh, good, gl- good God. Spraying man. all over Kentucky. <laughs> because first... <laughs> Art and I have to tell you once again how we ended up getting captured and <laughs> to the bunker.
2: Yeah, you know, I mean, Bunk Bunkers obviously were here. So that means we got captured by the titular Mr. Bunker.
1: We famously don't come here of our own volition.
2: Um, Andy and I decided to get a couple of part time jobs this week. We thought, you know what? We could use a little extra scratch. Yeah. And we thought to get some part-time jobs. We thought, well, you know, we both need some scratch. We might as well fucking what? Well, we need some scratch. We need scratch. I mean, let's face it, bunk bunkers, We could all use a little extra scratch in
1: these times. Yeah. Whenever Man, this. Look at you whenever, whenever you're listening to this in these times, anyone could use a little extra scratch. Yeah. Frankly. Yeah. And yeah. Art and I are not immune from that. <laughs> yeah. We're not immune from the macroeconomic and microeconomic forces. We are not recession proof. <laughs> that are contributing to whatever is happening right now when you're listening to this. Yeah. So we could all, I mean, I think
2: everybody can relate to this. We need a little extra scratch. We need some scratch, baby. So, you know, gas prices are going up, up, up. So we need some scratch. That's right. Because we love to drive recklessly. Yeah. Mostly me. <laughs> Mostly you. So we we saw a local establishment. I wouldn't say of, you know, I, don't, I wouldn't say, some people might say an establishment of ill repute, but I would say that's not true.
1: Yeah. I would say that that's, a little bit of a narrow-minded view on the subject because where we, we we took a retail we took retail jobs right basically and neither one of us has ever really worked in retail before so this is something that we thought we would give a good shot good so why at. not now why not now this is a good as good a time as any i mean if there's one thing that art and i are about it's about expanding our skill set and growing <laughs> as individuals sure and so <laughs> we decided to take a job at like what art said
2: some people might consider to be a place of ill repute
1: but i disagree with that
2: it was, it was a, a sex, sex shop. shop and it was you know it was a bunk tech sex shop yeah they call it bunk sex yeah bunk sex and you know it was it was it was a bunk sex so you know we went in we put in some job applications we were hired on the spot obviously we interview very well bunk bunkers. you listen <laughs> to the show i mean come on
1: you know you know that we if there are two
2: people that have better auras than us i would like to, <laughs> to know who they are so i can kill them yeah <laughs> So, um, uh, you know, obviously we were hired right on the spot and, um, yeah, I mean, bunk bunkers, you know, uh, no wacky wild stories this week. Um, everything, you know, we, we, we handled it with, uh, we we're, were completely reasonable, completely professional, mm-hmm. uh, transactions with our customers. Yeah.
1: I mean, people were coming into the shop. Uh, we, we were working a few shifts. I mean, we went through the, the required training program. Right. Um, and
2: we, we did fine on the, the post training assessment that we were asked to take. You know, and post- Andy would work the floor a little bit. I would mm-hmm. be behind the register. Mm-hmm. We, we'd switch off, you know, yeah. and, Morning to afternoon, customers would come in. They'd say, oh, well, you know, I'm looking for a little bit of X, Y, and Z to, uh, you know, I'm not going to sit here and talk about any, any of our customers. Right, not they, specifically. Not specifically. This is a but private it's a, transaction. This is a private transaction. People are obviously a little embarrassed. That's perfectly fine. Yeah, They would, we would, Andy would, you know, very respectfully help them uh, get mm-hmm. their goods. And uh, then they would bring them up to the register. I'd say, hey, anything else we can help you guys? Is this all t- for today? You know, and then... Um, let them know. You know, if it's for example, if it's uh if it's their birthday, they can get a free condom on their birthday. Mm-hmm. So we had a couple of those. Customers love that. And then um, you know, just took their payment, processed the transaction, bagged the goods, and mm-hmm. the customers were on their way.
1: Yeah. And I think a big part of this job is also helping people understand what product's gonna be best for them. Sure. You have to do a little bit of talking to people, you know? Yeah. You have to find out why why are you here yeah. and what are you what are you hoping to gain uh from this particular product that you're looking at. Make some recommendations.
2: I know the products sure. lines very well. Yeah. And we're not pushy as salesmen either. You yeah. know, we're very nice, very kind. We understand this is that It's a personal uh, decision for the customer. This is a personal decision for the customer and we're not gonna sway them one way or the other. Right. We want them to we want them to walk away feeling as satisfied as they will hopefully feel later on sorry bunk funkers. if that doesn't fit your fucking persona of who we are and how you think we'd act you probably thought oh andy and art working in a sex shop they could never handle that with maturity and poise you probably thought we were
1: rigging up some sort of dildo jack-in-the-box deal that when you (laughs) twist the handle on the little box a big old dildo (laughs)
2: flings out and it scares you yeah you probably thought andy and i made suits of armor out of the fake boobies and fake buttholes and the like sex parts of the sex dolls and then jousted with the dragon dildos. That's what you probably thought we did. You probably thought that the manager of the store came into the break room
1: and found me passed out almost breathing heavily, my shirt unbuttoned and my pants undone because I'd gorged myself on edible underwear you probably thought I was laying back there, yeah. sweaty, right. covered in edible yeah. britches.
2: And them edible fucking britches. there. Get, get, her her done, done. get her done. You probably thought that one of us took a bunch of the KY jelly lube, spread it out all over the floor and made a slip and slide. And then we crafted a giant vagina right there by the entrance. And we told all the, cu- we screamed at the customers from the back of the shop and said, if you don't fucking slip and slide through the giant vagina... Then you can't fucking shop here. You probably thought we did that, didn't you? Yeah, you probably thought that we did some
1: obscene thing with that, making the entrance to the store like a human birth canal, and everybody coming into the store was being born again when they walked through the doors of
2: the bunk sex shop. Well, that's not what we did. Yeah. We didn't jerk off to every single porno in the collection. We weren't wearing lingerie under our regular clothes. The entire time we were on our shifts, we weren't throwing the anal beads around like they're those weapons that they use. You know, sometimes you see those in shows. I don't know the names of them where you can like trip people by getting their ankles tied up and throwing them. Mm-hmm. Yeah, We didn't do that. We didn't do that. I'm not currently wearing a butt plug.
1: <laughs>
2: we didn't eat the butt plugs like a ring pop. That didn't happen. The edible butt plugs. We were professional, and we were well behaved, and yeah. we sold more merchandise than anybody else in the history of the shop. That's right. Sales went up the
1: week that we. They there. they went up a modest three and a half percent, which I know I hear you saying, "Oh, well, that could just be a fluke." No, That's fifteen percent would be a fluke. Right. Three and a half percent is a modest gain, befitting of two professionals who take their job seriously.
2: So obviously. Today uh, we had another client come in. Yeah, Uh, this was a beefy man, a shadowy figure, shadowy beefy figure. Eating a cheeseburger. Look, you. you, you, A lot of people come into sex shops and they want to be.
1: They want to be a little incognito. You get it? Yes. Yeah. Was this man wearing an FBI ball cap? Yes. (laughs) Did he have a big trench coat on? Yes. Did he have the collar pulled up so everything obscured his face and he was hidden in shadows? Right. Yes. But arts right, he was smoking a cigarette. He was eating a loose cheeseburger. Without a wrapper, no indication that it came from a restaurant. Right,
2: You brought it from home. We don't know. He was very beefy, and he did smell very bad. He made us, you know, he he made us walk through, and then that's when he showed us. Uh, there 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 were two. I'd never seen these this packaging before. We were trying to show him different, you know, different items, different dolls mm-hmm. that he could purchase, blow up or otherwise. Right. Um. We have some Any, some some. You know, you you could buy some uh, polyurethane foam dolls. Yep. You can find dolls that our friend um, Nick Simon makes where he uses actual human bones that he says he gets legally. Um, and then he puts, I think it's like PVC pipe or I don't know what he actually does. He's got some kind of mold. Yeah. He says it's totally legit. Um, he, we haven't sold one of those yeah, yet. He
1: says all the, all the, uh, you know, the, the anus and the vagina of the doll he says they're they're made of synthetic meat and not and not meat that he stole from Outback Steakhouse dumpster
2: yeah and he keeps, he keeps trying to call it it's an impossible sex doll yeah it's i'm like i don't think this has this that impossible meat in it yeah and, he and i don't know why that would be says, a, well that's trade secrets and,
1: and i don't go, know why okay. that would be a selling point either i mean we've talked to our friend Nick Simon about these dolls that he makes in his basement A few times, because as we got into the business, we started to learn a little bit more about the industry. And these dolls that Nick Simon, our friend, makes with human bones and possibly discarded meat, they seem to make less and less sense. And there's visible... I mean, it's just a a quality thing. And I get it that Nick Simon, our friend, who makes these sex dolls, is a small business person. (laughs) Yeah, he's a vendor. He's trying to get up off the ground. Yeah, and I get it that, you know, when you're doing this all yourself... You, you sometimes, these, these, these dolls are, are individual creations that Nick Simon personally makes with his own hands in his basement. And I understand that, but it's, you know, when there's visible stitching (laughs) and stuff and it's like really, Uh. really dark, uh, colored, like string that's being used to stitch
2: the arm at the shoulder. Right. It makes it look like this is more of some sort of a Frankenstein's monster than anything. Which maybe people are into that. I don't know. But, um. You know, he was having us walk through all these different ones. And then all of a sudden he says, well, what? no, I don't want any of those. This this client, he says, well, what about those two? And, well, there were two, I mean, blow up sex dolls that looked like me and Andy. Yeah. And that was a little unsettling, a little unnerving. And, yeah. of course, then by the time I could even say a witty retort, you know, he had beaten me and you over the head with a very large dragon dildo.
1: Yeah, this is which are some of the largest dildos you can purchase. Yeah, this is one of those, you know, like foot and a half long, yeah. foot and a half thick. Yeah, they're dildos. very girthy, very girthy. These are dragon dildos. And this is very heavy. Uh, it's one that's meant to be suctioned to the floor. <laughs> this is for heavy duty use. So it's got a lot of weight to it.
2: Yeah. And he just started wailing away on our craniums with it. He then um, squirted us with lube from head to toe. Um, and he didn't rub it in either. I mean, no, that would have been a better experience. Yeah, he just doused us in lube and then shoved us into giant, <coughs> into giant condoms. Yeah, and um, and dragged us all the way to the bunker. Turns out that that client, quote unquote, was Mister Bunker. We'd been we got had. So. I mean bunk bunkers, and this wh- wh- you know how do you, how do you blame us we try to act professional we try to act like good little boys good good little upstanding little little boy scout boys little boys just good little boys like we are good little sweet boys and this is what we fucking get did you notice that stitching on the shoulders of
1: those sex dolls that look like us what what about it do you think that
2: Nick Simon, our friend, made those sex dolls of us? Um, I'd like to say I wouldn't put it past him, which is what I'm going to say. I wouldn't put it past him. That's I'd fair. like to say I couldn't. I wouldn't say that, but I have to say that. <laughs> right. Knowing what I know about our friend, Nick <laughs> Simon.
1: Yeah, we'd both like to be able to say that there's no possible way that Nick Simon would make sex dolls out of the two of us and <laughs> angrily have sex with them.
2: in his basement but Mm. I don't think that
1: we can confidently say that that's a scenario that's outside the realm of possibility that our friend Nick Simon would anger fuck sex dolls he made of us but so anyway bunk funkers, we're back here in the bunker for another (laughs) another another week and boy we've got a real doozy of an episode for you do we uh I don't know if you bunk funkers have ever heard of this, but uh I've never heard of this. But uh this is quite a quite a tale. And uh I think you're gonna really be able to <laughs> sink your teeth into this one.
2: <laughs> well, I hope we get a good sear on this one. Kentucky beach <laughs> Shower.
1: Yeah. This is gonna be well seasoned. Ooh. Um so put on your uh trench your Meat m- gown? slicker. Put on your slicker and your boots, dress up like Paddington Bear. <laughs> yeah. Cause we're we're about to slide right into the abattoir. Here on Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time
2: Podcast. Abattoir to the last abandon. <laughs>
1: Beavers. art, let's get started by talking about the music released by Elvis Presley during the 1970s. Yeah. A logical place to start. Sure. Throughout the 1960s, the king was mostly making movies and soundtracks for those movies. The results of this style of music was pretty mixed. Okay. Uh, some of the soundtracks and the songs are pretty darn good. In other cases you can really tell Elvis doesn't really give a shit about the material and is only doing the songs because he's contractually obligated
2: to do the songs. Wow, scathing review.
1: Uh, I mean, listen to him and you'll see that I'm on par with this. Okay. But I guess I could say that the end result of Elvis's 1960s output is pretty similar to this podcast. <laughs> so at any rate, in 1969, <laughs> Elvis released the pretty solid album From Elvis in Memphis. And it marked a refocus for the king on his music. So, look, I get it. If you're saying 1970s Elvis wasn't all that great, it's not unfair criticism, okay? I'm not saying this is like his best work. That's when
2: he got kind of fat and was doing karate.
1: Right, exactly. Meeting with Nixon, war on drugs. Nevertheless, Elvis was back in the studio working on music that he believed in. Doing the things he wanted to do. So, overall, the King's 1970s output did better on the charts than his mid to late 60s soundtrack recordings. Wow. Elvis got the 1970s started off with a bang, with his first single of the decade reaching number 16 on the Billboard Hot 100 and number three on the US country chart. That song was called Kentucky Rain. And it's a song about a man hitchhiking through Kentucky looking for his lost love. But the real important parts for us are that it's in Kentucky. And it's raining. <laughs> that's because today we're talking about a 19th century Kentucky rain shower, where it wasn't water falling from the sky, but meat. Wow! wow. So let's get out there in the cold Kentucky rain.
2: My oh, God! Meat. Did the king come back to life? Yeah. No, he's still dead. And I let's mean, get out there. Uh, you, If anybody is embodied by the spirit or the ghost of 70s Elvis, that's, that's you. Me. Yeah. <clears throat> I mean. You're on a toilet. Here's an honest,
1: yeah, I'm on a toilet. My, Of course, my dream, my death scenario dream is the same as Elvis's. Sure. I want to die falling asleep on the toilet. <laughs> um, But my wife and I, this is a true story. We've talked before in the past about a couple's Halloween costume where she can be like 1950s Elvis, where he's fit and good looking, and I'll be 1970s Elvis, where he's out of shape and sweaty and just... But, like, <laughs> opera singing all the time. Yeah. So. That's so fucking perfect. <laughs> now I just got to find a jumpsuit. Um, but let's get out there in this rain of meat and find out some more. Okay, Art? Let's, let's fucking dive into it, baby. Buckle your seatbelt, because we're going to start off here with the story of this meat shower. So, on March 3rd, 1876, at her farmhouse near rural Olympia Springs in Bath County in eastern Kentucky... Mrs. Allen Crouch, whose first name is lost to history. No sources know her first name. She is Mrs. Allen Crouch. Oh, wow. Only known by her husband's name. Jeez. So her name has been completely erased from any of this, the retellings of this story. Mrs. Allen Crouch was making soap in her garden. As you do. As you do. Between 11 a.m. and noon. Suddenly, Mrs. Crouch became aware that something was falling from the sky. Upon closer inspection, the quote-unquote flakes falling appeared to Mrs. Crouch to be meat, you know, animal flesh, which Mrs. Crouch believed was beef. Allegedly, the meat was fresh when it fell, and there was a lot of it. Sources say, quote, a horse wagon full, end quote, wow. in fact. Um, and the meat supposedly was scattered across an area about the size of a football field, roughly 100 yards long and 50 yards wide. This was the Crouch farm. So while Mrs. Crouch described flakes of meat, she also allegedly said there was at least one larger piece with one chunk of meat that fell near her being three or four inches square. decent in size. The uh, Louisville commercial newspaper reported the meat was a variety of shapes and sizes. Hmm. Now, according to Mrs. Crouch, the sky was perfectly clear when the meat began raining down around her. So immediately after this happened, Mrs. Crouch and her husband, Alan Crouch, who's the only one allowed to have a first name, I guess, in
2: 1876,
1: uh, believed that the meat shower had either been a miracle or a grisly warning. So this is some Old Testament sign from God stuff right here. This is what they thought. So, the New York Times, uh, which reported the event under the headline, quote, Flesh Descending in a Shower, end quote, which is uh, also name of the first porno I ever saw. <laughs> uh, the New York Times received information from somebody named Harrison Gill, whom the Times described as having, quote unquote, unquestionable veracity.
2: Well, yeah, I'm getting questioned. Pretty him?
1: fucking good. Yeah. Unquestionable veracity. Right. Uh, Harrison Gill stated, He visited the Crouch property the day after the meat shower and found meat scattered on the ground and stuck to fences. Though the meat was fresh when it (laughs) fell after being out all night, the meat was now spoiled and dry. (laughs) Oh, gross. But the Times reported that didn't stop two men who showed up to taste the mystery meat. Oh, yeah. The men felt that it was either venison, which is deer, or mutton, which is sheep.
2: Okay, so it wasn't beef.
1: Well, that's what they, I mean, this is a big point of dispute on this is what
2: kind of meat was it? Um, And that's not a dispute that you're just, you like to make. That's actually an actual dispute. It's an actual dispute in the
1: story. Yeah. And I mean, beefers, or venisoners or muttoners or whatever you want to call yourselves for this. I didn't realize that this was a thing you could do. So I hereby, I'm putting this out here on the airwaves. So you have to honor this. I hereby volunteer to be the official taster for any fresh raw meat that falls from the sky. (laughs) Thank you. I deserve any awards that I receive from the scientific egg. Wow. So, but but hold on. All right. So far we've had beef, we've had venison, we've had mutton. Now, do you know what mutton is? Yeah, sheep. It's sheep. The difference between lamb and mutton is lamb is a younger sheep right. and mutton is an older sheep. Yeah. But not everybody agreed with this. A local butcher was called to the scene. Whew. Which is, that's who you would get, right? That's who you want to grab. Um, so he came to the site, he tasted the meat, and he said- uh, or I'm sorry, this was a hunter. I'm sorry, I, the butcher is coming up, but this was a hunter, a local hunter. Well, what the fuck? I'm sorry, I misspoke. A local hunter showed up. <clears throat> he said <clears throat> he felt the meat was most likely from a bear. Jesus Christ. Uh-oh. Do you hear that, bunk bunkers? Oh, no. Alarm bells are going off oh, at Joe God. Nichol's lair. <laughs> a bear. <laughs> Joe Nickel. I promise he's not actually going to make another appearance in this episode. Unless it's in the discussion. (laughs) Um, So since nobody could agree on what kind of meat this was, the people in town uh, in this rural area in Kentucky, they did the only thing that made sense, which was go get the butcher and the butcher tasted a little bit of the meat. The butcher had this to say, quote, it tasted neither like flesh, fish or fowl." End quote. I mean, wow. (laughs) Super helpful. Thank you, butcher. Yeah. That that tells us exactly what it is. That guy's a shitty butcher. Jesus Christ, butcher. Thank you for telling us what
2: it's not, you fucker. Just tell us what it is. <laughs> God that damn! Guy. No, you're so like that guy. People yeah, will be right. like, Andy, what do you think this is? And he, you'd be like, Well, I'll tell you what it's not. It's not fish. It's definitely we fucking knew that, Andy. I'll Thanks. tell you what, this is
1: definitely not sockeye salmon <laughs> or ahi tuna. Uh. All right. Figure. So, so anyway, we can all agree, I think that. Free meat, free falling from the cloud, free sky is freaking awesome, right? I think so. This is like utopia for me. Yeah. But, you know, not everybody is like me. They're not content to just accept a good thing. Some people have to go looking around, trying to figure out why in the world, uh, why the world is so fucking badass, right?
2: Yeah, they're called vegans.
1: <laughs> well, they were involved in this case. Maybe. I don't know. Uh <laughs> (laughs) But people were trying to figure out what happened. Why did this meat fall from the sky? So let's go through some of the possibilities for the cause of this meaty rain. The first explanation came three months later when someone called Leopold Brandeis received and analyzed some of the specimens that had been preserved in glycerin. So some of the meat. Glycerine. Yeah. Some of the meat had been um, taken to a facility where they played bush music um, through a speaker (laughs) and that preserves the meat. Nice. Um, so this had been preserved in glycerin. Uh, Lewis, uh, Leopold Brandeis announced that the meat was not really meat at all. What? Instead, he said it was a type of cyanobacteria that forms colonies surrounded by protective gelat- by a protective gelatinous envelope. Uh, this is known as gnostic. Uh, and it's known to swell up into a translucent jelly-like mass whenever it rains. So this stuff is um, inconspicuous when it's dry um, and people don't really notice it. So for a long time, people believed uh, Gnostic would float on the breeze until it rained, which caused it to fall from the sky like hail. So this stuff just it's sort of on the ground and it's it's dry and then it rains and it puffs up. It takes on all this water. How do you spell Gnostic? N-O-S-T-O-C. Now, Art's going to be looking up some pictures, and so this will this'll make sense to him as he looks up these pictures. It's because, green. Yeah, it's it's green. Um, Meat ain't green. Well, unless it's spoiled. Yeah. Hold on. So Gnostic, though, has gotten some colorful nicknames over the years from people who didn't really understand what it was. So it's got nicknames such as Spit of Moon, Fallen Star, Star Jelly, Witch's Jelly, Witch's Butter, Troll's Butter. And Star Slubber. I can't believe it's not Trolls Butter. And all those names, of course, are all the same
2: nicknames I've had since childhood. <laughs> yeah, that's true. I I, I remember calling you Trolls Butter. You yeah. said, hey, we first met. You introduced yourself. Hi, my name's Andy. Yeah. You could call me Trolls Butter.
1: Yeah. I also call my cum Trolls Butter. Oh,
2: God. So,
1: uh, Leopold Brandeis identified the Kentucky Gnostic as belonging to the species Gnostic Cranium. Which he described as "quote unquote" flesh-colored, in a in a journal called the Sanitarian. But really, um, I mean, I already said it. It looks green. It kind of looks the color of seaweed. Um, it looks very much like seaweed. Brandeis also said that if you eat gnostic, it tastes like frog or spring chicken legs. And what had happened with the the what had happened was the wow. gnostic had ballooned and fallen on the Crouch residence when it rained. Um, But I just got to say, uh, Leopold Brandeis, you ding dong. Mrs. Crouch said the sky was clear. So uh, what rain are you referring to, sir? Yeah, you fucking dork. So anyway, Brandeis's hypothesis may have sounded promising, but he didn't figure out this mystery. Clearly, he did, however, advance another hypothesis sort of inadvertently. You see, Brandeis had given a couple of mystery meat samples to experienced histologist and president of the Newark Scientific Association, Dr. A. Mead Edwards. Edwards looked at the meat samples and determined they were likely lung tissue of a
2: horse or a human infant. Oh, what the fuck? We went from fucking rain and beef to fucking dead baby or possibly a horse.
1: And I mean, horse. honestly, it's hard. It's hard to tell the two apart. I'm always getting those two things confused. <laughs> I mean, just like Big and Rich, that time they went on stage in Omaha, Nebraska, and saying "save an infant, ride a cowboy," they were just like me. They get horses and infants confused. 100. They're both terrifying, and they will bite the shit out of you. And they will buck you. <laughs> they'll buck you. Have you ever tried to ride an infant? You know, they'll th- they'll throw you right off, bucking that infant. <laughs> so. Dr. Edwards' investigation was supported by another doctor, Dr. J. W. S. Arnold, who also studied the specimens of meat and agreed with Edwards, uh, concluding in a piece he wrote for the American Journal of Microscopy and in Popular Science, that they consisted of some kind of animal cartilage and lung tissue. Eventually, seven alleged samples from the farm were examined by a number of scientists who confirmed them to be lung tissue. Three to be, or two to be lung tissue, three to be muscular tissue, and two that were cartilage. It's like sinew and shit like that. Right. Or an organ. Yeah. So, um, that's one theory is that this is like unexplained baby meat falling from the sky. But maybe this meat, bear with me, was part of a natural weather phenomenon. Maybe a twister kicked up a couple of counties over, uh, tore a couple of animals limb from limb, uh, or ripped through a farmhouse and shredded an infant or two and uh, sprayed the leavings all over the Crouch property. And it's not outside the realm of possibility, Art. I mean, that seems plausible. Animals like fish and frogs have been known to get swept up in waterspouts and rained down on people whenever the winds stop.
2: They're infamous. They're
1: infamous for this. Uh, I mean, it's in the Bible. It is in the Bible. Frogs raining down on Egypt. Uh, someone even suggested that the flesh found on the Crouch farm was the end result of a knife fight between two brothers. Apparently these brothers got in a knife fight, cut each other up pretty bad. Uh, and then so the story goes, a tornado picked up the carnage and dropped it on Mrs. Crouch while she was making soap.
2: A knife fight. <laughs> Motherfucker. You never bring a knife to a twister fight to a Tempest fight. So um,
1: let's get on to my favorite hypothesis for this. Cosmic meat.
2: <laughs> <laughs> yeah.
1: Yes, this is a little Debbie product that has that's that's a perfect square yeah.
2: of raw meat yeah. studded with little colored yeah. candies. Rainbow <laughs> Rainbow colored candies. It could be another name for the Marvel character that you keep trying to create. Cosmic <laughs> meat. Cosmic meat. Yeah, yeah, yeah. His name is Andy. Uh you know, he's a mild mannered guy from Chicago mild-mannered. <laughs> yeah. He's a secret his secret identity is he's Cosmic Meat. A superhero he's, from a distant planet made of meat. Yeah. And Stanley's just like, "You're a fucking idiot. Get out of my office. You're dead. Fuck you." <laughs> he rides on a fucking he rides on a bacon strip like oh Silver God. Surfer. Yeah. And surfing
1: uh, the universe on bacon. Surfing the universe on bacon, dude. Cosmic <laughs> Meat. Cosmic Meat. Sizzling in the sun. Sizzling in the sun. So people of the time uh, believe, and this was reported by the New York Times, that the strange meat shower could have been caused by a non-Earth planet exploding, flinging the flesh of animals from that planet all the way to Earth. Now, this is obviously one of the best theories for anything ever. It's airtight. But it had its distractors. I mean, frankly, there were some people who didn't buy this. It's vacuum sealed. Uh, mainly people say things like, oh, it's not possible for animal flesh to fly through space and plow through Earth's atmosphere, yeah. only to be completely unscathed by the time it lands on the ground gently next to a rural soap-making farmer's wife. <laughs> still, still, others say that cosmic meat is just not how things work. <laughs> but to those skeptics, I say, I got you cosmic meat right here. Oh, 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 oh. <laughs>
2: Andy's own brand of fucking witch's jelly just shout out all over the bunker floor.
1: So cosmic meat is wonderful. It's beautiful. But it's not the most widely believed theory about the Kentucky meat shower. Shockingly. Um, That honor goes to, well, vulture barf. What? So this theory... Vulture barf? Vulture barf. Now stick with me here. This theory originates with potentially a couple of different people. The sources kind of vary on who originally proposed this. So we'll start with one and we'll kind of talk about the other. So some say that the first to suggest this hypothesis was somebody named Robert Peter, who was a scientist affiliated with Transylvania university. No, 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 not the school of vampires art.
2: This is the Transylvania university in Lexington, Kentucky. Come on. That is a fucking haunted school in, in Romania or Transylvania. Or is it Transylvania based off Romania? Uh no, Transylvania is an actual
1: oh, it's region. An actual I think. region. It I think maybe now that it's it may be part of Romania, maybe it's part yeah. of
2: Austria. I don't know. Either way, it is a haunted, spooky, fun university where Draculas and other fucking vampires and their creepy critters and classic monsters all go to university together and they grow as people and they have fun adventures. Okay? It's a fun coming-of-age story about Dracula, and he goes to Transylvania U. White and bats. What's
1: that What's that Adam Sandler movie where he's a vampire? The cartoon?
2: There's an Adam Sandler movie where he's a vampire?
1: Yeah. Hotel Transylvania. Oh, yeah, yeah. So I think in those movies he has children and it seems like Transylvania University is like a forthcoming sequel right. to the Hotel Transylvania movies. We can Hey, Hollywood, you want a spec script? We'll do it. We'll do it. Can't be any worse than those fucking Hotel Transylvania movies, I'm sure. <laughs> I haven't seen one the whole way through, but I'm sure it sucks ass. There's so
2: many fun little fucking gags you could do, like Draculas and little bats doing keg stands, and they're doing like the opposite way. There's so many fun gags. The the bats are just standing upright, drinking from the keg. Right, and then you got Frankenstein, and so many fun gags. So many fun gags. Yeah.
1: You could have the invisible invisible, uh, student. Right. Who's always getting marked as being not in class.
2: Right. That's so. That's such a great gag. It's hilarious. It's a good gag. The mummy, and everyone uses him as like toilet paper. Toilet paper, yeah. Or something. Yeah. Or they TP him. They use him to TP. They TP the dean's the other, house. The dean's house. And they
1: just lift the mummy up right. in one piece and throw him at a tree. Right, right, right. And he goes, oh! Because <laughs> it hurts? Because it hurts. Because he's a body in there. People don't forget there's a dead body in there. Yeah. A preserved body.
2: Right. And
1: what? why, why did the mummies become... Like these were royal bodies mostly, yeah. right? Well, no. I mean, well, maybe, yeah. Not abs- not everybody got to be mummified. No.
2: So uh, there's lots of fun little gags you can do. Bride of Frankenstein, that could be the love story.
1: hmm
2: A la. Um I think it would be fun American if the little pie
1: the little Dracula, you know, like Frankenstein and Bride of Frankenstein, you know, it's sort of like they seem destined to be together, but Bride right. of Frankenstein starts kind of getting attracted to little little Dracula right dracula jr right and then yeah
2: you know, it's, so there's a love triangle there
1: frankenstein and and dracula kind of have a you know this is where they kind of butt heads right
2: and then the wolfman is easily like kind of the bad boy kind of mm-hmm. the a la heath ledger and 10 things i hate about you yeah. kind of guy he's gonna be riding a motorcycle he's definitely gonna be riding a motorcycle he's gonna be conflicted he's cursed this is my curse you know you don't yeah. understand me and I Medusa's
1: think, in there. Medusa could be in there, you know. And the thing about the Wolfman is that he's part of the time he's just going to be a, a nineteen-year-old boy. Yeah, <laughs> most of the movie, and someone's going to be like, "What the fuck are you doing here?" He'll be like, oh, "Like a normie." <laughs> He'll be like, "No, no, I swear I'm a werewolf." Oh yeah, prove it. I could to wait for a full moon, guys. <laughs> so many fun gags. So many fun gags. Oh man, I can see a a real big like uh, you know. Porky situation Where they're doing Like a panty raid Are they drilling a hole Into the showers <laughs> <laughs>
2: Did you say Medusa Was going to be there Sure Yeah Why not? Throw her in there A lot of great gags you can do So many that. gags
1: Anyway We'll have that spec script To you tomorrow
2: Well, have that spec script <sighs> On your desk Tomorrow Hollywood
1: We've written 95% of it Just
2: now It's mostly Vignettes <laughs> yeah, College just, life it's <laughs> oh, no. yeah, a good movie. Good stuff.
1: So anyway, um, Transylvania University art, <laughs> yeah, in Kentucky, in Kentucky, uh, still allegedly has a piece of the meat that fell on the Crouch farm that fateful day. It's kept preserved in a jar, and it looks gross as fuck
2: like that fucking reddit hot dog that's covered in epoxy stuff.
1: That reddit hot dog. <laughs> what happened to that? I haven't seen an update on the hot dog in a long time, but the reddit hot dog looks a lot better than this meat does. Yeah. But the reddit hot dog has not been in epoxy for nearly as long as this meat has been in that jar. That's so gross. So, so um the first person possibly to suggest this was Robert Peter. And Robert Peter knew or at least he thought at the time uh, that oh Oh, oh, you're looking at the meat? Oh, it's so gross. Why did I look this up? Oh, you looked up the meat. Art's looking at the meat right now. <laughs> I guess it's
2: not that gross, but it's kind of gross. Yeah, it's kind of gross.
1: You definitely wouldn't need it now. Yeah, that's so Robert Peter allegedly knew that, uh, or or at least was able to theorize, that when vultures are startled or need to take off quickly, they might need to lighten their load a little bit so they can fly. So, in these cases, they throw up food they've recently eaten, possibly even while they're in the air. Yeah. So, vultures don't typically vomit from feeling sick because their stomachs are very, very acidic, which is how they can eat all the shit that they eat, you know, just dead animals and shit. So, and vultures tend to gorge themselves when they eat because they're just like me. They don't know when they're going to get their next meal.
2: (laughs) You fucking know when you're going to get your next meal? Right. I have
1: very good food security, but- (laughs) It's a survival instinct and you don't want to fight that stuff. Yeah. If you were an animorph, you'd definitely be a vulture. Yeah, for sure. (laughs) Are you guys going to eat that? (laughs) You guys, you guys going to eat that animal that's been dead for two months? (laughs) No, there's nobody around. Oh, okay. I'm just going to get my help. Get in here. (laughs) So, so this means when vultures eat, they have to sit and digest for a while after they eat because they eat so much. But if something happens, they get startled. They have to get away quickly. They have been known to vomit so Ooh. that they can get in the air. Uh, and it, sometimes if they have to get in the air really quickly, they might throw up while they're in the air. And uh, one, thing about, one thing about vultures is that uh, vultures don't... One vulture doesn't just vomit. They, f- they fly in groups, right? They stay together. And if one vulture vomits, their instincts kick in. They assume there's some danger. They'll all vomit.
2: Does that make sense? Yeah. Are vultures native to Kentucky? Well, yeah. Certain buzzards are, which we're going to talk about. Huh. Really? Yeah. So so that was Robert Peter.
1: But some people say the progenitor of the vulture vomit theory was Dr. L.D. Kastenbein, who wrote about the possibility of buzzard puke being the cause of, in an 1876 edition of the Louisville Medical News. I don't know why this is medical news, but okay. Um, Having obtained a sample of the meat for his own, Kastenbein set fire to it, the only logical thing to do, and observed that it smelt distinctly of rancid mutton. So he burned a piece of preserved meat and then determined it was rancid. You only have so much of that, you asshole. So Dr. (laughs) Kastenbein wrote, quote, The only plausible theory explanatory of this anomalous shower appears to me to be that suggested by the old Ohio farmer, the disgorgement of some vultures that were sailing over the spot from their immense height. Hmm. The particles were scattered by the prevailing winds over the ground. The variety of tissue discovered muscular, connective, fatty, structureless, etc can be explained only by this theory. Hmm. End quote. So if you're keeping score at home, beefers, the real first person to suggest this hypothesis could be that unnamed Ohio farmer. Just like Mrs. Crouch name erased from history.
2: Yeah, oh, he's not an academic egghead from Transylvania University. <laughs> fucking, fucking, you know, Dr. Dr. Ghost, Dr. Booberry, <laughs> Dr. Ghost, PhD. Dr. Ghost, PhD. Dr. Nosferatu. Fucking, they don't get their names stricken from the name listed in the history books. No. no. Bullshit. But this Ohio farmer. He I'm didn't. liking this,
1: though. This is an interesting verdict. So regardless of who originally proposed it, this theory of vulture puke has become the standard explanation for the Kentucky meat shower. However, there's one big problem with this hypothesis, Art. Whoa. Why? To believe the vulture vomit theory is to disbelieve the account of the only person who saw the whole thing happen. Mrs. Crouch said, remember when she looked up as the meat was falling, the sky was clear. Well, And if vultures were vomiting enough meat to scatter across a football field surely Mrs. Crouch would have seen the vultures overhead. But maybe somebody has an answer for that. A contemporary article in the Syracuse New York Post-Standard said this, quote, According to Dr. Shannon Farrell of the ESF Department of Environmental and Forest Biology, turkey vultures nest inside cracks and crevices near, near to the ground, and if an intruder gets too close to the nest... The adult vultures were defend by regurgitating or defecating on or near the intruder, end quote. So, maybe Mrs. Crouch was making soap too close to a turkey vulture nest, and the vultures came out and start puking and shitting all around her. So they weren't in the sky, they were down on the ground, puking and shitting and pissing and coming. And the dad turkey buzzard is fucking the daughter turkey buzzard. And the mom turkey buzzard is getting fucked by the son turkey buzzard. While the mom turkey buzzard jerks off the turkey buzzard family dog. And all the turkey buzzards collapse on the yard of the Crouch property. And Mrs. Crouch goes, that's a hell of an act. What do you call yourselves? And the turkey buzzard dad goes, the Kentucky meat shower. (laughs)
2: Oh, is that the end of the episode? Oh, fuck. (laughs) (coughs) Jesus.
1: I just paused for drama. (laughs) <laughs> that's fucking disgusting uh, and hey not to be a buzzkill joke as old as time a jo- the oldest joke in the, in the world and hey not to be a buzzkill about this boink foinkers but there are some people who say this whole thing is just a hoax and that it probably never happened well, fuck them that's not fun here's what Skeptoid's felonious HBD had to say about the incident quote legitimate scientists did legitimate published study of something sent to them in little jars of glycerin
2: how much HBD is in that edible you took <laughs> Too much, dude. Too much, dude. I'm so fucking skeptical. Uh, <laughs> I'm so fucking skeptical, dude.
1: I've got the munchies, but I'm unsure of what's in this product. <laughs> <laughs> um, <clears throat> quote, unquote. Legitimate scientists did a legitimate published study of something sent to them in little jars of glycerin. But where those jars came from and whether the newspaper's correspondent, Harrison Gill, is still laughing to himself... Or whether he actually did know some people named the Crouches, and whether a turkey vulture ever did disgorge above their yard one day, we're not likely to ever know. So I'm going to write this one off and file it away as I find its facts of falling meat, be it mutton, venison, or other, a bit too hard to swallow. End quote. And this is somebody who's had to swallow a lot of weird stuff in his life, so you know he's serious about this. This is a guy who was in prison. (laughs) He's had to swallow some weird stuff. Art. Longfunkers. Meat falling from the sky is certainly a strange occurrence. But is such a thing even possible? Let's say it is. What could cause a meat shower? Do you think it was puking buzzards? A divine sign? From God? Or tornadoes slinging flesh from a knife fight around? Weird bacteria? Or was it a planet exploding and spraying the remains of the animals over the earth? (laughs) And if a rain of meat is not possible, why is it not? Do we not all dream of a world where cloudy with a chance of meatballs is reality? How I long for the day when raw flesh rains down around me. I will catch it in my mouth. I'm going to try the power of positive thinking. Beefers, I need you to help me. Let's all do this together right now and start thinking about food raining from the sky. We can't just think about how great it would be. We have to believe that it's already happening. Believe the meat is going into your mouth. Feel the meat slapping your face <laughs> and tumbling into your open mouth. Now that you're in that mindset, let's all go outside and open our mouths. I'm certain with all our powers combined, our greedy little mouths are surely going to receive the ultimate prize falling from the sky. The hole.
2: Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast will be right back after this brief message.
1: Welcome back to Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast. That was my research into the Kentucky Meat Shower of eighteen whatever,
2: <laughs> whichever year it was, eighteen seventy six. Who gives so a fuck? I don't care. Art, how you feeling about this meat? This is a fun one. Um, you know, I, 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 you know, I, 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 I want to believe this one. Yeah. If you could choose any kind of meat to rain from the sky, which kind of meat would you choose? Oh,
1: my God. Probably um, freshly griddled gyro meat. It's already in nice bite-sized pieces, probably, and it's got that nice crust on it.
2: Ugh, delicious. Yeah, but you don't get any sauce or anything. You're going in dry.
1: If it's juicy enough.
2: No tzatziki? Uh, I like, I mean, I like sauce on everything. Hot sauce, tzatziki, garlic sauce. I'm not getting a Euro without any tzatziki. Sorry. I don't care how big okay, the meat Okay.
1: Okay. Okay. How about this? Uh, how about a, uh, a fat meatball? Uh, well, not too fat though. I want it to fall in my mouth. I want it to be able to fit in my mouth. I want like at most, at most
2: a golf ball size <laughs> meatball. Yeah. I mean like, uh, those little subway meatballs, you know, but better than subway. Sure. But as a, I think, as a visual reference. I think that it was proven in court that the Subway meatballs are like 85% sawdust, right? Industrial byproducts and sawdust? I don't know. That court case was going on at the same time as Johnny Depp, Amber Heard. So I think Johnny Depp, Amber Heard took a lot of the media attention away from Subway v. sawdust or whatever it was. <laughs> Amber Heard shit in the meatballs. Yeah, yeah. Amber Heard was Subway. shitting in the meatballs. Um, I don't know. I've never had. I'm not a big meatball sub guy. Uh, What? I just prefer my meatballs as the centerpiece on some pasta. I fucking love meatball subs. I don't need them in a sub. Love meatball
1: subs. Just because I want to... I would just eat a bowl of meatballs, to be honest with you. I would too, and I've done that multiple
2: times. Yeah. There's nothing wrong with that. But I love a meatball sub. I mean, I like them. They're just really big and really... Like, when the fuck... If I'm getting a fucking sub or a sandwich, Andy, I'm not getting... Like, I'm usually getting something that's portable, quick... Like you could just fucking slam it at lunch, usually in during work hours. So if I'm eating a fucking meatball sub, Andy, I'm going to sleep. See, I think that's the.
1: <laughs> see, I think that's the difference between you and me. Is where I'm okay with the shame of <laughs> making a huge mess yeah. while I'm eating lunch sure. and doing it in the office where everyone can see me and not feeling bad about myself, and then having hands that are too dirty to use the computer <laughs> after, and so I have to go wash up when I'm done, and my sure. shirt's probably dirty because stuff sure. is. Because what look, one of my favorite lunch things to eat in Chicago is to go get a meatball sub with hot peppers
2: from uh Fontano Subs. Oh, yeah. Which is on Michigan Avenue. Yeah, see, I got a chicken parm one time and I like fucking was like, dude, I'm done for the day. Like, oh yeah. I'm yeah, done. give me the
1: itis for sure. <laughs> I revel in it.
2: Yeah. We did go to that one meatball place in new york and that was really good yeah beefers when art and i went to new york a
1: few years ago doing comedy uh with our friend skylar weinberg who doesn't help nick simon make the sex dolls but has modeled for one before um we all went to the meatball shop is that what it was called? Yeah, it's just called the Meatball Shop. Was that a chain or was that just one place? Yeah, it's become a chain. Oh. But yeah, it, I think it deserves and it. And it was a chain at it's the very, time, too. It's very tasty. This was a few years ago, but it was like in the early stages of a chain. I think it's much bigger now. But I don't know what it's like post-COVID.
2: Um, But it was very good. Meatballs is a good answer. I might have to go with meatballs, too, dude. Um, meatballs raining from the sky. like cl- I know it's classic, cloudy with a chance of meatballs, mm-hmm. but like. That's fucking legit. If there's meat that's going to rain from the sky, I want it to be meatballs. Yeah. And meatballs meatballs is, works, you know, meatballs
1: has the same kind of thing that like a meatloaf does, but a meatloaf and is
2: meatballs a little are too, better. Yeah, it's it's crumbly. Meatballs Meatballs are, and mo- meatloaf can both be moist. Mm, but meat meatloaf So they don't necessarily need sauce. Meat meatloaf Yeah. Mm, meatloaf traditionally just beef. Meatballs is traditionally should be beef, veal, pork. You should have a tri I
1: See, I disagree with that on Meatloaf. You can do
2: anything with Meatloaf. Yeah, but I'm saying traditionally, though. You ask 100 out of 100 people, Steve Harvey style, family feuds. And he says, what kind of... what Let's play me- the feud. It's me,
1: Louis Anderson. Let's play the feud.
2: <laughs> the ghost of Louis Anderson is inhabited... I'm only doing dead comics voices. Let's play the feud. Okay. You fool. Jesus Christ. Uh, Um I would say that traditionally most people would say, yeah, it's just ground beef in the meatloaf. Like Mm. classic American dinner meatloaf. Wow. Is ground beef. All right, bumfuckers, you gotta disagree? Come on. I I disagree. What the fuck would you doing when you grew up? I mean, I'll tell you what. Well, when I grew up, yeah. I mean Okay.
1: I mean, my ignorant parents, yeah, of course. That's what I'm saying. It was just beef. But your ignorant parents are this entire fucking country. Well, I- <laughs> fuck. He's got me there. But I'm an adult. And you know what? You can go to stores now. and You, can, you buy- can? Hold on. Hold on. Bear with me. That was not the end of the thought. You can go to stores now. You can go to the butcher counter. They probably have most of the big supermarkets probably have this just sitting out. Packaged already. Pound, pound and a half meatloaf mix. And it's beef, pork, and veal. Now, you could use it to make meatballs. It's just ground meat. Yeah. But it makes a great meatloaf. I don't disagree with you. So the nice thing about having that mixture is that everything tastes a little bit different, right? Yeah. You know, your pork is a little more sturdy. Beef is a little more tender.
2: Veal is a little bit more... You try not to think about the fact that you're eating it.
1: Yeah. Ooh, man. My aunt used to say to me, Italians how would... love a veal. My aunt used to say, how would you feel if... <laughs> If somebody came and took you from your mom and chained you up in a cage. And I was like, well, at least I would be delicious.
2: Oh, <laughs> uh, It's fucking horrible. Find out what veal actually is. Um, yeah,
1: it's best not to think about it. Yeah. But, you know, we eat eggs.
2: Those are sh- fertilized.
1: Yeah, but the chickens don't exactly have a good life.
2: Speaking of... uh well, this took a real somber turn. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Bugfuckers, let us know what kind of meat, and if you don't like meat... Uh, what kind of food do you want to see falling yeah, from the sky? Yeah, what kind of food do you want to see falling from the sky? You know, and
1: if it's not meat, Art, what would it be for you? you, know, if, meat, Art, be for you? if you could pick any food oh, to wow. fall from the sky.
2: Oh, wow. Um, Totino's
1: Pizza Rolls. <laughs> That'd
2: be pretty fucking legit. It's it's great because it's those it's would be portable. pretty fucking legit. It's portable, yeah. it's bite sized. Yeah. You could just come out with a bucket and yeah. just get a bit, whole bucket of Because I would say slices
1: of pizza, but that's fifty fifty. If it falls on its face, you got grass all over the top of the pizza. And
2: it's like, hm, fuck. These and plus pressure, it can't huh? fit
1: in your mouth. You would have to like catch it.
2: Right. Yeah, Tostino's pizza rolls, bagel bites, those kind oh, of fucking yeah. things. Bingle bites would be great. Those would be legit. <laughs> <clears throat> um how would you feel about deviled eggs? No, no, <laughs> I don't want deviled eggs raining from the sky. Oh. I, I want to eat like one or two deviled eggs max. Oh I'm man, not like you.
1: Ah, oh, you know it would be great. Olives all the time, just falling from the sky.
2: I wouldn't mind that. Olives either. and cornichons. You're Just, one of the few people in my life who loves olives as much as I do. Oh, I fucking love olives. Everyone I talk to, like, ugh, olives. Oh, God, what I is
1: with all the olive hate people I don't, don't know? Oh, I don't like the smell. Oh, I don't like the brine. It's like, it's ew, delicious. Idiot. That's the good part of it. Yeah, they're amazing. Oh, look, I bought this Jardenaire at the farmer's market the other day. Good fat. And, you know, beefers, some of you know this. Our proud patrons know this because I wrote at length about how I feel about Jardenaire
2: in one of our newsletters. One of the best things to come out of Chicago.
1: Yeah. That Jardin- people don't think about. Jardiner is amazing. I can't believe it took me uh, whatever, however old I am, minus however long ago I moved here, that many years in my life to try Jard- Jardin Air. you fill in that equation. <laughs> you, fuckers, you figure it out. I don't fucking have time to Plug do this a now. jug. I don't know how old I was. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> you just figure it out. I'm not an egghead. I don't have a calculator handy. I mean, I do, but I'm not going to use it. <laughs> Beavers what I'm getting at is I can't believe I was that age before I had jardinaire because this honestly is like a condiment I can't live without now. Yeah. Because for those of you who don't know, who have never had the experience of jardinaire, it is a pickled vegetable medley typically made spicy with hot peppers. So basically what there's all kinds of different varieties, it's really carrots. whatever you feel like, but some of the staples usually are celery, carrots, typically cauliflower mm-hmm. and then sometimes olives mm-hmm. uh and mostly there's some sort of pepper yeah, like a sport
2: pepper you could either
1: have you could have hot peppers you could have sweet peppers depending on the heat level yeah uh i like the hot stuff and Jardinier is great and the reason that it's great to me is because it's pickled and i love pickled anything lasts forever i had i bought some Jardinier at the farmers market it was not pickled it's like it's just like a veg it's almost like
2: salsa. Yeah, vegetable medley in oil. Yeah. didn't really not really get it done for me. It's not like wow. exactly crispy. It doesn't really have that like
1: vinegary bite. Yeah. Which is the thing that I like about why didn't you buy it then? Well, I didn't know that. I had never like- tried it before. No. I was just trying it. Um, some of my favorite jardiniers. Southside Smitties. That's right. You know what's great about that one? They leave a lot of the pickling liquid in the thing. A lot of places will drain the pickling liquid and pack the Jardin in oil. I'm not always super big fan of that because you, I mean, I can't believe I'm going to say these words, but it is possible to eat too much oil <laughs> and I can't believe I had to say that. Yeah. Um, one place that packs in oil that does a really good job is called Chicago Johnny's. Right. And they pack in olive oil. Whoa. Which is which is not common. Most places pack in soybean oil, right? Because it's very neutral and it's relatively cheap. Yeah, that's all of, that's rich. Olive oil is very rich and it's v- like more expensive. But man, oh man, that oil you can use it for anything. Like it's great for cooking. I I scoop the jardin air out, and then you can use the spicy oil yeah. to cook stuff in. It's great. You can
2: put this shit on fucking. I do it in tuna all the time. It's great, oh, yeah, on, it's tuna great on tuna salad. Tuna. Um, you could just throw jardin on it. Yeah. And uh, So you want Jardinera falling from the sky? Is that what you said? Well, I said
1: olives and cornichons, but if Jardinera's falling from the sky, okay. Then you just went on a classic Jardinera rant? Yeah. And let's not forget my friends over at That Pickle Guy. That's right. Whose products I love.
2: Um Jardinera. 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 But you just say Jardinera. But that pickle guy also makes a great olive tapenade. Uh, uh, it's
1: it's called muffalata.
2: Yeah, the muffalata spread. Yeah, it's, it's a muffalata. classic New Orleans sandwich. It's incredible. Which is an incredible sandwich, and I've had it, and it's usually some kind of olive tapenade it's or like olive. an olive
1: salad that's usually chopped yeah. up really fine,
2: really fine, and then you it's like basically then it's just an Italian sandwich.
1: They make this spicy muffalata, and it is that's like replaced Jardinera for me. Fuck because that. it's it's got it's like briny and oily, oh it's wonderful. Bet, and that was falling from the sky on fire. I mean, I'm just I'm gonna live outside. That ass, Boston. That's that shit, bussing. For real, for real. No cap.
2: No cap. Bet. So wait, what food do you want? Um, I think for you, meat, you I'm for me to double eggs, balls. right?
1: No. You heard of here first, folks. Art wants deviled eggs. <laughs> I guy. don't want deviled right.
2: eggs. <laughs> I like it. I have never have anything wrong with a deviled egg. It's just that is just like, it's not what I would pick.
1: Oh, can you imagine how bad everything would smell with all these rotten deviled eggs all over the ground? Yeah. You know, we don't think about that. If rain was made of organic matter, it would just rot.
2: Because it doesn't go anywhere. We don't spend enough time thinking about that. If rain was eggs, wouldn't that stink? Why don't we think about this more? dear, Dear Joe Biden, what if rain was eggs? Then why wouldn't you return my calls, dear Joe? I've been calling. I'm trying to do like an Eminem stand thing. He's like obsessed with getting Joe Biden to answer why if <laughs> why if the, rain was eggs,
1: why nobody's looking into this? Why is nobody looking into if rain was eggs? I have demanded a blue ribbon panel study what happens if
2: the rain turns into eggs, <laughs> and <laughs> it has yet to be funded. <laughs> I think we should divert funds from education. And anything else, and go straight into researching if rain was eggs, right now.
1: But don't divert any funding from the military in case the rain does become eggs, because That's right. we will need to shoot the clouds.
2: <laughs> um, I don't. Ah, fuck. Yeah, I don't know. I think you're. you're what about t- croissants? Croissants is fun. I do like a Croissant.
1: croissant. What if it was like hard
2: candy? Runs hard candy. Mm. Ooh, runs. Um, or a ra- uh, what about a Razzie? Razzle? What are those? Razzles? Those ones they were used to look like little soda caps, bottle caps. Is that what they're called? Yeah. I thought They were
1: called like Razzies or something. Bottle caps, and they're supposed to be soda flavored. Uh, what about those wax bottles that have that soda? Oh, I them? love
2: those. Because then that would be safe. You could totally eat it off the ground. Useless candy, but so cool, so fun to eat.
1: How would you feel about uh, candy cigarettes falling from this guy? You know what I like? You ever had the candy Fun Dip? Sure. A great candy made by the Ferrara C- Candy Company here in Chicago. Uh, the Fun Dip has a candy stick, and you lick the stick, and then you stick right. it in the like pixie stick dust, and you're supposed to eat the dust. But It's a gateway drug for cocaine. <laughs> right. For kids. Right. It's cocaine for kids. It's cocaine for kids. It gets them used to what happens with cocaine, which is one where you get eight, stick.
2: seven, seven cocaine for kids. K K O K O K A I N E cocaine for kids.
1: I know you said cocaine <laughs> and not cobain, but I'm gonna go ahead on this and tell you this anyway. <laughs> that I went to the circus recently. <laughs> and what? Hold on. I went to the circus recently and When? Uh last weekend. And during really? during the circus, they had a, a trapeze act uh, from Ukraine, and um, the trapeze artists were performing, and while they were performing, they were playing some, they had a, and this was great, they had a live band at the circus, which was awesome, but during the trapeze acts uh, and some of the other stuff, they played like recorded music, so the live band wasn't playing, and the thing that they played during this trapeze act was like a MIDI sax version of
2: Smells Like Teen Spirit. I can't, I can't even fathom what that sounds like. I can't even fathom what that fucking sounds like. I,
1: yeah. You get it. It's
2: almost like the Futurama theme. Yeah. Yeah. When you do it that way yeah i mean that's uh that's very interesting (laughs) but my point
1: is the sticks from the fun dip the candy sticks from the fun dip honestly to me better than the dip itself if i could buy a package of the fun dip sticks
2: i would eat those and if those were falling from the sky that would be fucked up things you've ever said what that's not fucked up this it's all about the sugar what are you talking about nobody cares about the fucking stick the stick is good the stick doesn't taste like anything the stick is great tastes like chalk tastes like vanilla that's you're ludicrous. That's a ludicrous take. I won't stand for it. Well, that's how I feel. I'll stand with Ukraine, but I won't stand with that. That's it's the sticks. If the sticks fell from the
1: sky, I would be a happy boy. You're fucked up, man.
2: The fun dip sticks. If they were falling all around me, buggers. I, I need to know a verdict on what Andy just said. I've considered Respond going to that it.
1: Ferrara candy store and looking online or something and seeing if I could buy just the sticks. They should sell fun dip. Just the sticks. <laughs> oops. All sticks. <laughs> fun dips. Oops. All sticks. We forgot the fucking powder. We forgot the fucking powder. <laughs> uh, hey, Pete, do you think this is a little aggressive marketing campaign for kids? Nah. <laughs> Just be honest with them. We forgot the fucking powder. It's all sticks. <laughs> well,
2: you are the CEO, I guess. What about Milano cookies? Oh, that's a good one. That would be a good one, eh? Huh? <clears throat> I like Milano's. Chewy, chewy Chips Ahoy. Yeah. I think I don't know, dude. I still think Totino's Pizza Rolls is pretty fucking legit. It's, it's good yeah, that's a good one. Uh what about those like uh Keebler
1: like tall, tall House Fudge? The fudge. Yeah. You know, where it's like the Elf, like Ernie the
2: Elf shaped and it's got chocolate in yeah, the middle. Those are all right. Oh, uh, white cheddar Cheez Its. Fucking love a white cheddar Cheez It. I'd rather have the extra toasty. No, I'm, I, I might have to go white cheddar cheeses because I will those and pizza pizza flavored Pringles. God, every kind of flavor of Pringle, really. You like Pringles? I love a Pringle. Uh, I hate Pringles. Really? Oh, fuck them. What is up with you and your fucking statements, dude? Fuck Pringles. You're going. You're off the fucking wall today. Oh, what happened to you? Fuck Pringles. Give me the sticks. <laughs> Give me them candy sticks. <laughs> About to fucking beat you with a stick. I feel like Pringles is like. Potato crisps. Yeah, I feel like I feel like space it's like powdered potato chip that they've reformatted into a duck beak shape. Yeah, I feel like Pringles are like us like
1: from the future. Yeah. Where it's like we've run where there's no more arable land on Earth and they can't grow potatoes anymore. Yeah, yeah. And so they created potato dust in a lab. It's amazing. And then it's like, oh, we compress the dust into a chip. And it's like, oh, this is fucks. This is fucking. I wish could just go eat a potato chip. I don't have to eat this shit.
2: mm <laughs> Oh, dude, Pringles fucking rock. Pizza-flavored <laughs> Pringles? When that shit dropped, I fucking my sooted my balls that day. I became a man. <laughs> that shit changed my life. Wow. Instantly grew a beard. Voice dropped. Wow. Fucking pizza-flavored Pringles, those were like, my life changed. You dude. seen any of this Pringles Man Rule 34 art? Every day. Yeah. <laughs> it's my background. It's my yeah. screensaver. Yeah. I don't watch uh like a thing... Travel between the corners of my screen, like in the old DVD screensavers. This is Rule Thirty Four of the Pringles Man. Art has coming.
1: Art doesn't have a stock ranch. He's got, he's got a Rule Thirty Four Pringles Man slideshow.
2: Yeah. No, I've never seen any of that, but I will look it up. Yeah, you should. Um, great, great, great. A lot uh, of choices. I think bunk bunkers. Let us know what do you think. Non meat and meat based. Items you want to see fall from the sky? What kind of food? Um, yeah, I don't know, Andy. Um, Probably the most
1: useful thing that could fall from the sky would be um, gasoline. Yeah,
2: just <laughs> gas falling everywhere. I want it to be dangerous, unrefined fucking gas, <laughs> natural gas. You know, I haven't <laughs> looked this
1: up, but I saw a video on the internet the other day where somebody was allegedly in a methane fire. And apparently, what the thing said is that methane burns hotter than gasoline. Oh, God. But it's like invisible smoke and flames. There's, there's no smoke, and the flames are invisible to the naked eye. So you're like searing fire, but it's totally invisible.
2: Dude, that's fucked up.
1: I don't know if that's true or not. Uh, I didn't look it up, but I saw a video that said that they were on fire, and I don't know if that's true. Um, no, I believe but you. But just throwing it out there. No, I'm gonna repeat it now. Yeah, you should tell people that I said it. Attach my name to that as much as possible. Yeah. So there least, are a lot of theories here with this. There are. Um I don't want to get too much into verdicts, but
2: uh what what do you think of this incident? I actually think it's pretty I think it's plausible. I think I I mean I don't, you know, I don't know how I can say this without giving away my verdict. Okay. But Do you just want to get into verdicts? We can, unless there's anything else you points of decorum Ian Hamilton style that you want to fucking get into. No, no, I don't stand on decorum like
1: Ian Hamilton, uh, who is very militant about uh, which how things go and the flow of things and in which channels certain items are posted in the in discord servers. Right. But unlike Ian Hamilton, uh, co-host of one and done TV. (laughs) That's right. uh, I don't. I don't stand on that kind of decorum. So if
2: you'd like to get into your verdict, please, please take it away. Sure. Because I think, yeah, I'm going to go just a straight up plausible plus. I think in general, I think that this is something that could happen. I don't think this is outside the realm of possibility. I see this as a very fun. I'm sure this was in Ripley's, believe it or not, at some point in time. If not, it's in the research. It is. Yeah. Okay. So, yeah, I was going to say, otherwise, fucking Ripley, you fucked up, dude. (laughs) this is right up your goddamn alley. Yeah. Um, I, I think this is something that is 100% plausible. This is something that could happen. I think it probably did happen. And I think, I think it's these fucking turkey, turkey, turkey vultures, these turkey vultures barfing and shitting all over the place and pissing and coming and
1: <laughs> shitting and
2: fucking. That's exactly <laughs> Gilbert Godfrey's ghost. Um, that's what I think. I think plausible plus. That's what happened. That makes sense to me, and it, I think it's plausible enough that I'm okay with it. And it's weird enough that I think it's not outside the the realm of possibility. Yeah. And that's my verdict. Okay, it's a good verdict. I'm going plausible plus plus.
1: I whoa on on this happening. Holy shit! And I like you. am, am believing the the vulture puking theory. Yeah. Now look, I get what uh Brian Dunning, handsome Brian Dunning from Skeptoid is saying, yeah. In that so handsome. There's no there's no chain of custody of any of these samples. Uh this is like far enough back that we'll never know any true answers from no. this. And there's no guarantee that any of these scientists that were examining these samples actually got samples from this event that have there's like no proof basically right. that this event happened. But I will say A few days later in London, a similar thing was reported as happening. Sure. Um, And it's happened in other places throughout the earth. I think there's pathways for this sort of stuff to happen. Yeah. And the thing that really swayed me, I think, was learning that uh, turkey buzzards nest in the ground. Mm -hmm. So, And that they'll vomit in self-defense, not just trying to get into the air. So it's possible that if there's a nest of them, Mrs. Crouch gets too close it starts vomiting and then they get in the air and they like puke everywhere because they're all doing it together because it's just a chain reaction
2: maybe that's how it gets splattered everywhere yeah I mean she's making soap right and soap traditionally is made from like lye and fat and other things right yeah so yeah my whole body is soap material fat liar
1: yeah I'm not an outlier I'm a
2: fat liar (laughs) Um, and, uh, and, uh, 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 yeah. Yeah, I I, I could see her startling them. I could see the smells bugging them or some shit. I don't know. Yeah. Who knows? Who knows? But I'm into it. Yeah, I like it. And, you know,
1: I do have to say this is probably one of the stupider things that I've ever been so high on. Um, but here we are. I don't know. It's it's Just not
2: that weird.
1: It doesn't like, seem so str- It's It's strange when you hear about it. Sure. But then when you hear the explanation, it's going, yeah, okay. Yeah.
2: It's one of those weird phenomena where you're like, oh, like, uh, you hear about, you know, in Antarctica, they have a blood, there's a blood waterfall or something. And it's like, well, yeah. there's the fucking chemicals oxidizes something and it makes it red. It's like, oh, okay. Oh, yeah. Oh, I get it. Oh, yeah, I got it. Um, so yeah, I think this is this is perfectly fine.
1: I think this is perfectly fine too. Uh, but bunkers, what do you think about the Kentucky meat shower? Let us know about it. Use the hashtag.
2: I mean, there's Transylvania University. Oh, we got a lot of options from this one. There's. <coughs> what did you call the aristocrats? Uh, the, the, the buzz. Ken-
1: I called it the Kentucky meat shower, but you could do um, the like buzz aristocrats.
2: Buzz aristocrats. There's a lot of options. Yeah. What do you like? I still think. We See, should... this is a hard part. Normally you yeah. get to host. You don't have to pick the yeah. hashtag. I, I like. Uh, I still like Transylvania University, even though it okay. makes no fucking sense. And it's probably someone else's hashtag.
1: Yeah, it's probably the hashtag of the university. But we'll I jacket use the hashtag Transylvania University. Let us know what you think about the Kentucky meat shower and let us know what you think about cosmic meat. And uh, don't forget to let us know what kind of food you want to see fall from the sky, meat or otherwise. Tweet at us at Mr. Bunker Pod. Find us on Instagram at Mr. Bunker Pod. You can email us, Mr. Bunker Pod at gmail.com. Check us out on the YouTube. Just search for Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time. Uh, you can, um, I don't know, write a letter to us. Uh, I don't have an address handy, but yeah, we'll just, figure it out. Right, Mr. Bunker's Conspiracy Time podcast on it, and it'll get here, maybe. So make sure you put your return address on it, though, mm. uh, <laughs> in the event that it doesn't. Um, if you if you have the means and you feel so inclined, please feel free to visit us over at patreon.com forward slash Mr. Pod and become a patron of the show uh, for only the low, low price of $5 a month. You, too, can get access to... Many hours, tens of hours of behind the scenes, uh, of behind the scenes Patreon only content. Uh, you can see a video where Art and I cook the whole enchilada. Uh, you can um, you can get in the Discord with us uh, and chit chat about um, you There's know tons of shit in there. What we like to eat. We're always talking about fucking shit. We're always talking about fucking shit in there with these uh, with these patrons, and it's a great time. And I think you'll have fun too. So consider doing that if you have the means and you feel so inclined. Patreon.com forward slash Mr. Bunker pod. Um, check out our merch. Yeah. Available on our website. Mr.
2: Bunkers conspiracy time podcast.com. Um, Art. Any last words? Um, You know, Andy, I, uh, I think. uh mm-hmm. oh, fuck. <laughs> I think I gotta I look up a word to describe our. Fuck. No, you you pull that off the top of your head. No one looks up any words. Andy, um, you 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 you. Uh, I, I I have to get some new uh, Dove body wash to match this new showering technique. You know, you have heard of no poo. I've heard of uh, cold showers. What a Kentucky meat shower! I think it's a new thing. I think it's a new thing, and I think
1: it's coming back. So. Look out for that. Uh Art and I's next business venture, the Kentucky Meat Shower. Uh, check it out. Um, thank you, Art. And uh that's that's this episode. So uh for not the titular Mr. Bunker, but for my gorgeous Whoa co host Art Stone.
2: Oh my goodness.
1: I'm Andy Hart saying that was the whole enchilada.
2: <laughs> I'm a turkey vulture. <laughs> I'm so scared.
1: (laughs) That really was like me.